Welcome to the New Jersey Folk Podcast, featuring stories and conversations about folk arts, traditional culture, and heritage in the state of New Jersey and beyond. In this episode, Rutgers student Lalita Vallabhaneni, a student of Indian classical dance herself, explores how two very different people enter into the creative potential and technical mastery of this challenging and intricate art form. My name is Lalita, and this is the New Jersey Folk Festival podcast. There are eight primary classical dance forms in India. All of these dance forms can be traced back to 200 BCE to a document known as the Natya Shastra, which describes different elements of the performing arts. The significance of these dance forms, uh, even within their aesthetics, is that the cultural roots of their respective birthplaces are embedded in them. So to have trained in one of these dance forms is to have absorbed those cultural values and to be able to transmit them to any audience. In this episode, I have the pleasure of introducing you to two voices. The first is a Polish-born Kathak dancer named Kinga Malek. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Kinga. I am originally from Poland. And uh, since last year, living in Liverpool, UK, and spent most of my um, dance journey in Poland, learning various dance forms. And uh, since last 13 years, I travel to India every, uh, every year for one, two, three, five months to study Indian classical uh, dance called Kathak. Tell us how you started to dance. I think the moment I started walking, my mother noticed that <laughs> I walk in a rhythmic um, uh, way. So uh, she put me to a rhythmic dance class. And that was when I was four or five years old. So that was the very start. Kinga went on to be selected for a national Polish folk dance group called Warsovia. She also began a rigorous figure skating program at the age of six. But at the age of 12, after many intense competitions, having overtrained and outgrown her skates, Kinga was forced to retire. Her love of dance kept her moving and she explored many different forms of dance, including capoeira, ballet, ballroom dancing, and many more. The interest in Indian culture was always there because of uh, our mother when she started uh, Sahaja Yoga meditation when I was two years old. So I was fascinated watching those Indian dancers uh, doing very strange movements and facial expression which I never saw in our western dances and all the costumes and rhythms so, so complicated I so wanted to learn but of course we didn't have any teachers back then in Poland 
we have uh, many international friends. And one of them is a family, Indo-Polish family. Um, uh, she is Indian from Lucknow and uh, having a Polish husband and two lovely kids. So I randomly spoke with her that I had this experience and I would like to go to India to learn Kathak, but I don't know where. So then she said, okay, great, go to Lucknow, my city, stay with my parents, they will find you some teacher. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'll go. So that was... Uh, 2009 summer his uh, her family received me from the station I didn't know how they look like but because I was the only one white foreigner at the station they found me <laughs> as it turned out Kinga's first teacher was Pandit Arjun Mishra an extremely renowned Kathak teacher and disciple of the legend of Kathak known as Pandit Biju Maharaj he didn't speak English. <laughs> I didn't speak Hindi. I knew very, very few basics uh, of Hindi and he knew very few words in English. So like this, showing, showing. <laughs> Did you get culture shock in India? I thought I wouldn't because I knew pretty much about India. I read some things and yeah, I had friends. So I, I thought I was prepared. <laughs> There's nothing like being prepared for India. <laughs> A few times I had this um, week days where I thought, no, I, I can't handle anymore. I want to go back. And I, I was pretty sad. And I called my mom. I cried. And I don't know why they are saying this, what they want me to do, or they don't want me to do something. Why? I don't know. And then she said, no, just wait, uh, wait till, because I had a ticket for two months. So wait till uh, your return date, try to understand, try to, you know, open your mind and understand them as well. And let's see how does it go. And then by the end of my two months, I was crying, but because I didn't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like every time I go to India, it's been already, I think, 13 or 14 times I've been there. Every time I learned something, I met my recent gurus uh, in Poland, and then they invited me to uh, to go to Bangalore and learn from them. Nirupamara Jendra are uh, both of them are uh, just a bomb of creativity, ideas, and artistry on the highest level. I felt it straight in the beginning when I entered the dance studio and then there were uh, many kids getting ready for the performance and uh, the teachers who were uh, helping them in dressing up and putting on the makeup they um, they asked me if I can help them and then all the kids just ran to me hugged me asked hello mom where are you from <laughs> what's your name and I felt immediate love in 2018, Kinga, along with her team of Indian classical dancers in Poland, competed in the World of Dance Polish edition. We always take it as a mission, <laughs> living in, in a foreign country and spreading Indian culture. Uh, and we try to do it the best way possible. Uh, 
And then we see that it works. People always love when we uh, um, present Indian classical dances and speak about it because it's also important to explain. Uh, because it's so different, people don't understand. Mm -hmm. Even if there are those dance syllabs and we dance and we say they will ask, what is this? What, what did you say? What does it mean? So we have to explain uh, that these are the dancing syllabs. They, they don't mean anything, but they are to emphasize the rhythms which are very important and integral part of the dance. And then they say, oh, okay, okay. And we presented um, contemporary Kathak. So it was a part, because there is only one and a half minute of choreography, mm -hmm. I, I chose uh, a part of my uh, diploma. So I studied uh, five years of choreography on music uh, university. Mm -hmm. And that was my diploma after uh, completing uh, the studies, uh, group diploma. So I wow. had to do minimum 10 minutes and that was an extract from that. So we chose parts which, which were more exciting. It, it was a pure dance, not much of a story, mm -hmm. not much of a lyrics. And we had uh, my brother on Tabla live as well. Thanks God, one of the judge uh, prepared <laughs> and he knew and he compared this work, my choreography, to Akram's Khan work. Ah, okay. so for me, it was like, wow. <laughs> when he said that, I was like, wow, you know what you're talking about. And of course, uh, Akram Khan is the best in the fusion of Katak and contemporary. So uh, that was the best compliment we could hear. Behind the scenes, we, we get so many conversations very nice with other dance groups and the soloists and people really uh, said that they never saw Indian dance like this. We were honored to, to show a bit of classical Indian dance in this entertainment program, no? Uh -huh. <laughs> It is a dance program, but it, it's mostly for entertainment. And classical artists never entertainment. It's a serious thing. So if we could show a little bit, uh, it was, um, I think, nice, nice achievement for for Indian dance in general um, in the West. You can follow Kinga on Instagram and Facebook. K i n g a dot m a l e c dot dance on Instagram and simply search her name on Facebook. The next speaker that we will be hearing from is Mrs. Anuradha Nehru, the founder and artistic director of Kalanidhi Dance, which is an institution dedicated to preserving and teaching Kuchipudi, which is another one of the eight Indian classical dance forms. I'm Anuradha. I'm the founding and artistic director of Kalanidhi Dance. Uh, Kalanidhi Dance is a nonprofit organization that was founded in 1991 um, with the specific mission of, of uh, promoting Kuchipudi, uh, as, which is one of eight Indian classical dance styles here in the United States. I started as a school. I started uh, with just teaching, 
But um, about 15 years ago in 2005, when my students grew up into uh, extremely talented dancers, um, we decided to create a dance company. So the company was founded in 2005, which is essentially, yeah, it's part of the same organization. And we've been performing and creating since. How did this journey of establishing Kuchipudi in the United States begin for you? When I came, I was quite young. In fact, when I came, I wasn't even sure I was going to take up dancing. Dancing was just a hobby for me when I came to this country. I had a, I had a, you know, a career. Uh, I was working. Um, it was only when I turned 30 and my Guruji came to America and asked me to perform with his troupe. And at the end of that performance tour, he sat me down and said, you're wasting your life doing some job. You really should commit yourself to dance and I'll support you. You have talent and you really need to, and not everybody can take up dance as a career, but I think you can. And so he was the one who gave me that, um, that confidence and that, because dance is not an easy field to, to pursue. Um, and when you're living in the United States, I didn't think I had the skills to take it forward. How do you take an entire dance tradition forward uh, when all you know is how to dance? I didn't, I didn't know anything. I didn't know how to teach. I didn't know how to create. I didn't know anything. So I lacked that. In the early years, it was a huge struggle. I didn't have a mentor. I think being in India would have... I had Guruji, my Guruji, but then you know, I had a family here, so I couldn't just go to India and live there. The biggest challenge was money, by the way. Even if we want sophisticated production of, a, of any new work, who's going to pay for it? So that's a huge challenge for a young dancer here in this country. Because the system here is set up to promote ballet or modern dance. Kuchipudi is, you know, you first have to... You just first have to be able to bring it to a certain level to bring it to people's notice for them to even understand it, appreciate it before they even fund it, right? Right. It's a huge undertaking. And even the artistic development can't have been easy for you in the beginning years. I could have, I guess, interacted with musicians here, but I didn't have the confidence to work with musicians here because I do believe that you first really have to own your own field before you can truly collaborate with uh, musicians or dancers from other genres. So I, I hesitated to collaborate in the early years because I didn't think I was uh, solid, I was, I was solidly, uh, I was an authority in my own field. In 2014, you collaborated with Opera Lafayette. How did that collaboration come about? I was just lucky. I was just lucky with uh, Lafayette and Opera collaboration. Um, it just one of those things where the artistic director of Opera Lafayette, uh, and Opera Lafayette is, a, is an opera company based in DC. And Ryan Brown is the artistic director who just happened to um, be wanting to stage uh, an opera, um, La La Roque, which was 
uh, inspired by the East, more specifically by Kashmir. And so the artistic director, Ryan Brown, wondered whether an Indian dance company would be interesting to collaborate with. He found us on Google. I mean, he just saw our dances and he loved what he saw. And he just called me and said, would you be interested in collaborating with, with us? And, uh, and I must admit, it took three phone calls from him before I accepted because I was scared. I was afraid. I said, I don't know opera. How do you put Kuchipudi movement to opera? And so um, it took, um, for him too, it took a huge leap of faith. And for me, it took a huge leap of faith to say, let's go for it. Let's try. And, and, uh, and, and so I think uh, that, and luckily he gave enough time. So, so that first, it took us a year. I mean, we had, I had a whole year to work on probably 15 minutes of dance choreography in total. I mean, I had to understand opera, I had to understand the context, but it was by the end of the year, I understood opera music. And I realized that music is universal. And once I started listening to music, opera music, I began to enjoy it. I began to understand its emotions and I began to see the rhythms inherent in the music. And once you get to that level of understanding of a piece of music, and uh, then you can, then, you know, putting Kuchipudi movement to it um, became natural. Eventually, people who saw Lala Rook said it felt like it, that music was meant for Kuchipudi. The key is to understand the music and to feel the music. And some people even said to me, did you create new movement to fit opera? And I said, no, I don't know any other movement other than Kuchipudi. It might have looked different in parts because some movements may have come to me because it just seemed fitting for that particular music. But it was all from my, uh, from my vocabulary of Kuchipudi. So you have been a performer, a choreographer, an artistic director, and a teacher. Is there one of these hats that feels more natural than the others, or is it sort of a package deal? Yeah, it's so, um, yeah, it's, it's, so I loved to perform when, uh, when I was, um, at the age where I was performing, <laughs> I, I just, even today, I love performing, but I don't necessarily love performing for an audience. When I dance, it, it's just fulfilling in many ways, but I also fortunately love to teach. I love the, I love it when the students get it and the students own connection to the movement and understanding and expressiveness is just excites me. Choreographing has been um, fun. It, it's always fun to create. Um, and especially when you have to create out of nothing, like you, sometimes it's just an idea. And then how do you bring that idea from an idea to a, a, a more fleshed out concept? And how does that lead to um, in visualization of scenes 
and uh, sequencing? And then how do you describe that to a musician? How does the musician interpret that? And he brings his own ideas to your ideas. And then that uh, takes you um, to then the point of choreography. And this is if we are talking about taking a concept and building it. But of course, there are many other ways to choreograph, right? The main enjoyment of choreographing or creating is when you connect with whatever, whether it's a piece of poetry or to a melody or to an idea. It's your medium. It's through your medium you're trying to find voice. So that's enjoyable too. So all the package is all the whole. It's a package. <laughs> all of it is in, is enjoyable. How do you see the significance of Kuchipudi to preserving Indian culture? In Kuchipudi's essence remains the the culture, right? Our culture, uh, which are a reflection of our traditions, our values. And so the vocabulary, the inherent in our vocabulary is um, our tradition. We have this grounding quality of our basic posture. What does it reflect? It reflects perhaps our connection to Mother Earth. We offer our salutations to her before we hit upon it. Why do we do that? We, we do that to acknowledge her, to express gratitude, to express humility. Are these values worth preserving or aren't they? We have an incredible wealth of gesture language. Why would we not want to use it to communicate? Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Oh, I'm more than happy to. Thank you for, uh, for uh, giving me this opportunity. You can follow Kalanidhi's work by typing Kalanidhi Dance on Facebook or Instagram. That's K-A-L-A-N-I-D-H-I Dance. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the New Jersey Folk Podcast, a project of the New Jersey Folk Festival. The podcast is produced by students, faculty, and community members, and is made possible by the Department of American Studies and the School of Arts and Sciences at Rutgers University, New Brunswick. Support also comes from the National Endowment for the Arts, the Middlesex County Folklife Program, and the New Jersey Folk Festival Incorporated. Spook Handy composed our theme music, would you like to support the New Jersey Folk Podcast? Find more information at www.njfolkfest.org. Thanks.